0: Welcome to the Living Leaders Podcast, a space for leveling up your leadership and your life. It's no secret that business as usual is broken. But what is going to take its place? That is what we're here to explore on this show. Our guests are reshaping business norms and defining the future of work, all while healing people and planet in the process. On this show, we don't shy away from the inner work either, because often the biggest transformations start within. I'm your host, Nicole Delisle, leadership expert and educator at Harvard University and founder of Living Leaders Institute. I've spent over a decade empowering thousands of executives and businesses owners globally. At Living Leaders, we believe every single one of us is a leader and has the ability to spark change. Thanks for being here, leaders. For practical tips and tools for scaling your impact more consciously and regeneratively, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review if you found it valuable, and sign up for our newsletter at livingleaders.org. Now, let's embark on this journey together. Hey, leaders, welcome back. As you know, I get to have the most incredible conversations on this show with leaders who are really walking the talk, embodying this new paradigm of doing business. And I'm coming to you on the other side of this conversation with our guest today, Gerardo Sagat, and I am just absolutely filled on a soul level with hope, love, vision for what the future can hold for us If we are able to show up in our authenticity and our vulnerability, there's a whole different set of outcomes or consequences that naturally or organically come when we lead from this place. Gerardo is really on a mission to humanize leadership. And he has this incredible way of going first when it comes to modeling vulnerability in safe spaces that he's helping to curate for other leaders Effectively inviting them into their own authenticity and vulnerability, inviting them to embody these skill sets that are more human based or more emotion based, these skill sets that are not going to go away even as tech radically transforms our culture and our world. We're going to need leaders who are connected to their human sentience and to their humanity. Gerardo is really on a mission. To help leaders uncover exactly that. In today's episode, Gerardo shares some amazing real world examples, as well as some frameworks to really help us. We explore topics like overcoming our fear as leaders and Gerardo shares the top four fears that when working with leaders from around the globe, he has noticed that their fears really boil down to these four fears And he shares what's possible on the other side of moving through. He also helps to paint the picture of what becomes possible in our lives and our companies and teams when we live from a place of radical positivity, radical humanity, and radical clarity. Inside the episode, we'll get into what he really means by each of these with some practical tips and examples for how we can ground these into our own day to day practices. What I absolutely love about this conversation with Gerardo is that it acknowledges that leadership is often an inner journey, first and foremost. Goals that we set for ourselves as leaders are not something that exists just out there. These things that we chase there is a deep sense of purpose and values-based goals that exist in each and every one of us that is unique. And if we can uncover these, so much becomes possible in the ripple effect of the impact that we then have. Gerardo also understands that leaders are often faced with the impossible task of navigating the old paradigm that is very rooted in fear, in control, in some of the false beliefs that leaders are supposed to have all the answers or know it all. And there's a level of isolation that can happen, a level of loneliness that can happen when we are leading on an Island or leading from the top of a hierarchy with no one to really lean on and be vulnerable with no one to really share what it is that we're going through, because we have to hold this illusion of having it all figured out. We have to wear these masks as leaders, but what happens if we as leaders are models for taking off this mask and stepping into a new, authentic, humanized version of leadership and of work? That is what we get into inside today's conversation. It was honestly so nourishing on a soul level, as I mentioned, on a heart level. And I think you'll really feel in your bodies, the difference between the paradigm of leadership that Gerardo is painting a picture of versus the template of leadership that we have traditionally been sold in these more fear-based organizations rooted in scarcity, rooted in hyper-individualism, all these things that we see playing out at a global scale and are leading us towards a future that feels unsustainable. Gerardo has a different model and gives some practical ways to understand when you're in that model instead of the old paradigm. So again, I can't wait to get into this conversation. I know you're going to take so much out of it. Let's dive in. Gerardo, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the Living Leaders Podcast. I know we have a lot to potentially get into today, just given your experience and how you're thinking about humanizing work and bringing more authenticity into leadership. And so thank you for being here and going on this journey together today.
1: Thank you for inviting me to your podcast.
0: My pleasure. Gerardo, I, I think given your vast experience with entrepreneurship, being a chairman, being a CEO, I mean, you've sort of seen leadership. From all different vantage points and many different scales of business and of impact. So I think where I'd love to start today, learning about your leadership journey and how your definition of leadership or success has evolved over time.
1: I think we have to go back in the, uh, in the past uh, Well, I come from, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys who has taken a direction that did not belong to me because of live events. I lost my dad when I was six uh, and my mom, when I was 15, uh, so didn't have any money, st- uh, study at university was paying off my study by organizing parties in clubs, etc. So that somehow, uh, built uh, within myself uh, an idea of success, uh, uh, that was very much based on outer elements. So, you know. I had in my blood being an entrepreneur because my dad was an entrepreneur. And so the idea of a successful entrepreneur to me looked uh, like, uh, you know, big group, uh, lots of people, lots of offices, uh, lots of money, you know, lots of these external signs. So that is the direction I took. Uh, And then what happened is that once I got there, uh, I actually had this strange feeling. I said okay, and you know what's next? First question and second. Also, you know, I was standing in that position and saying, oh, "But this is not so funny, you know. This is not so meaningful. This is not so fulfilling." And and to be honest, I was very lucky I reached that position because I guess maybe by now. If I didn't, I, I would still be, you know, pursuing that. Uh, but, you know, when I got there, I, you know, I had this this kind of feeling. So that somehow, at that time, I actually decided, I said, okay, I'm going to get rid of all this, okay? And uh, so I'm going to exit my business. You know, I started the. Uh, a small business, uh, myself, a secretary in a service office, and it became a 400-people operation with uh, 10 offices around the world, et cetera, et cetera. So I sold back, I uh, exited my business, sold it back to my partners, and uh, uh, I didn't know, to be honest, what I was going to do. So it was a kind of a leap in, in the dark. Um, and 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 then gradually... You know, uh, little by little, then it went into a, a completely different direction. So I liked coaching and I re-qualified as a coach. Uh, you know, all these gradually, even going, taking that direction meant uh, looking inside. Okay. And start looking inside myself. So more inner than outer. And, uh, and, and uh, so to, to answer your question, Uh, the events, the way that my career evolved and the way the leadership for me evolved was from outer to more inner, okay? And now at this point, uh, after, you know, I changed, uh, I exited my business in 2016, so it's now uh, seven years. And now it... uh, it restarts going outside, but from inside. So it's a kind of inside out, but that is the way leadership changed for me. Leadership is inner, is not outer Mm -hmm. anymore.
0: I love the recognition of that shift. And I'm reminded of this book. I think it's called The Second Mountain where, and it, it introduces this concept of climbing the first mountain of success and getting to the top and we we do this through all the conventional means necessary and the traditional definitions of success that we've sort of been inculcated into through our culture through our context through our upbringing anything like this and and that actually getting to the top of that gives us this vantage point of huh there is actually something missing this is more hollow than i than i would have thought getting there is not actually getting there in the sense of how we might want to feel. And so I really resonate with your story of of getting through some of that more traditional success, climbing to the top so to speak and then kind of seeing, wait a minute, there's got to be something more here and then being faced with that choice to take a big leap of faith. And I I love that you went for it and that you made the change because I think not everyone does. And the fact that taking that leap of faith kind of brought you to the more internal aspects of leadership, I think is really beautiful and ripe for where leadership seems to be going on the planet, like you said. So I want to dive into that a little bit to just understand more about this inside out approach to leadership. What is this really mean to you and what does this look like in practice as as you've been uncovering this inside out approach
1: once you actually start doing it because of, of whatever reason you know mine was uh, what i explained before no uh so well, somehow you start gradually smelling it and you actually it's like eating an ice Plate of pasta or a a bad plate of pasta, you know. So you start, to, you know, the the the, the taste, uh, the smell of it uh, is much nicer. Okay, and and therefore, this invites you to discover more, eat more, and uh, etc. <laughs> uh, I think bottom line, what I think is crucial is actually to have ob- objectives that are inner and not only outer. Okay, uh, either to have only inner objective or to have inner and outer objectives. Okay, by the way, the outer objectives that you may want, uh, from my experience, are simply outcomes of what you do inside of you. Um, mm-hmm. huh? um and so setting yourself inner objectives i think is a very very important for guiding you in the right direction
0: i'm really hearing in what you're saying that when we get in touch with that that level of attunement or that level of values alignment within ourselves that i love what you said you can you develop a taste for it you develop a smell for it and you kind of know when you're in it and what i hear in what you're saying is Like we, we can trust that we can trust ourselves to know the difference and we can trust ourselves to know when a goal is coming from that space, from that values aligned space coming from kind of the inside out, as you said, instead of maybe just subscribing to a goal or a narrative that we have seen externally that we, we adopt because we think we should, or we adopt because we think it's going to give us the belonging that we seek and yet often don't know how to articulate that this this is a big part of what we're after as human beings. And so when I imagine goals coming from this, this place of, of inner alignment or values alignment, and I imagine a group of people beginning to do that as well and kind of coming into this more self-aware space. The possibilities feel really endless to me as far as the type of team or company that that can evolve into. And so I'm curious what you've seen as far as multiple people kind of coming together in this self-aware, values aligned, purpose driven, letting their goals come from the inside out. Like what, what becomes possible when we get to do that with others who are, committed to leading from this way too, if that makes sense. (laughs)
1: That's a big question, you know? I'm Uh, full of them.
0: I'm full of big questions.
1: (laughs) First, I wanted to give you a kind of a small example, okay? Because uh, we are talking very philosophical, but the reality is then this can translate into practice. So a very small example, if you think about uh, your next important meeting, okay, and you normally have objectives for that meeting. Ah, I want to, you know, end up the meeting with a contract signed or with, you know, those are always external, okay? So if together with this or if, in uh, to replace that outer objective, you actually set yourself uh, as a goal. At the end of the meeting, I want to feel X or I want to feel Y. Uh, that often ch- even changes the way that you prepare the meeting and what you're actually going to do during that meeting. Okay. So that's a, a very, you know, practical example of when I say, even in a tiny event, Okay, just together with outer signs, add an, an, an inside sign if you want. Okay, how I don't I want to end up that meeting. What do I want to feel yeah. at the end of that meeting? Uh, and I'm gonna give you a second example. <clears throat> uh, that's a little bit more, that's a that's a bigger one, but it is still something that you can do when you say inner, inner objectives. Uh, you know, in our leadership uh, daily life, uh, everybody we, you know, we shout, we wear mask, uh, we uh, blame, we ignore, we postpone, uh, we destroy, we, you know, we judge. No, mm-hmm. all those behaviors, harmful behaviors, okay, we all have them, come from fears that we have. Okay, so they are harmful defensive behavior from fears. Now, what I did, and also what I then throughout the years uh, did with uh, with my clients, is to try and build up this pyramid to get from those harmful behaviors to the ultimate fears that are causing these behaviors. So, you know, con- by continuously asking myself, okay, but why this behavior? Why this fear? Because you might end up with fear, but those are not the ultimate ones. They might be intermediate fears. So I built up this pyramid, and what I ended up is I ended up with uh, four fears. Uh, so the four ultimate fears of a leader. The first fear is being meaningless. Okay, so no meaning in what you do, no meaning in... Uh, In your life, in yourself, meaningless. Second fear, big fear, is loneliness. Uh, So being lonely or ending up alone. The third fear is dependency dependency from something or from somebody today or in the future. And the fourth one is uncertainty. So those are the four ultimate fears. Of a leader. We all have them. It's just different intensity, a different level. Okay. So, uh, now, you know, in an easy way, if you flip those views, you come to what I call the inner treasures of a leader. So meaning, love, freedom and certainty. So those are. The inner treasures, everybody, every leader has them inside. They just need to go and look and find them Uh, with an inner journey. So that's another example. So myself, today, I set myself, my objectives are meaning, love, freedom, certainty, when you set that. yourself this kind of inner objective the decisions you take what you do how you see things changes completely. Yeah, okay? Absolutely. So, so this is to give your audience a practical example what to do. So what I can do is actually build this pyramid yourself and get to those ultimate fears flip them and then you see what kind of inner objectives you can have. To answer Amazing. your question about what can happen, I think uh, you know lots happens individually okay, and therefore lots can happen at in any community where the individual is a part of uh, individually I can tell you uh, probably the the, the um, Two very strong things, consequences, effects. Uh, well, three, I think. One is radical positivity. So when you, your life is, when you are authentic, when you are vulnerable, when you are, have deep authenticity, when you have a purpose in life, you know, what happens is that you always look at the positive side of things, always. And you, that, that's just you know. If you see a person that is like that, uh, it's a clear sign that there's something inside, you know, deep, deeply authentic, uh, human connection, purpose, etc. Even the the most negative. Even the most negative. Um, the second is radical humanity. So all those. Human skills, that we call soft skills, that in reality, I don't know why we call soft, because they are human, uh, empathy, gratitude, you know, you, you name uh, everything, very strong uh, in, in the person. And the third one, which is the one that I personally like the most, is uh, radical clarity. So, you know, we talk about intuition, you know, something inside. So and, and somehow we say, okay, go and listen to your intuition and act according to your intuition. No? Somehow it's like an inner voice, if you want. That is, mm, you know, there is sometimes distance. Or there is fog, call it the way you want uh, inside that you can't see. And you hear a little voice saying you something. Okay. That is yourself, your inner. Okay. That is your, your inner human being telling you things. Okay. okay. So you say, okay, follow that. So in- intuition exists because there is no, because there is no connection with a hum- inner human being. You know, we call it intuition. The reality is when there is connection, it turns into clarity. So people who are deeply connected, people who are uh, authentic, people who are vulnerable, people who have a purpose in, la- in their life, they are, they have this radical clarity. Now, what the consequence of radical clarity is that with radical clarity, you create magical spaces, okay so the leader who has radical clarity creates magical spaces those are i don 't know win win scenarios so in any kind of situation they go a difficult uh, negotiation uh, management in the company, they create win win scenarios okay they are able to see and spot. What is the win-win scenario? That is always there. Sometimes we don't see it, but if we have this radical clarity, then we are able to spot immediately. The second type I've seen is impossible to possible. So something that looks impossible, turn it into possible. Hmm. Those are the kind of magical spaces that um, I call magical spaces because then, you know, they spread positivity all around. And, you know, these people, they are simply, they are light, you know, they are like shining stars. So they, they spread light all over because it is contagious. Then the effect is just spreading all of that around that. So the same goes said. to the people. So to the team and uh, from the team, it goes to the families and it goes to, you know, it just spreads because, you know, I tell you one thing. Uh, and sorry if I talk too much, but this, no, is, this ve- is
0: beautiful. Thank you. People, any people
1: and leaders are just looking forward to find themselves in two scenarios where they can be the true self. Anyone is looking forward, desperately looking forward to be in a situation where they can be themselves. Now, if you think about leaders, okay, we, we, you know, we demand from leaders. You know, we ask them to have human skill. We ask them to, they are on the spotlight. Uh, And therefore, they are subject to judgment uh, even more than anyone. Okay? Those people are in situations where it's not easy to be their true self. What we demand from leaders, the, where we put them, somehow, um, leads them in, uh, to be lonely. You know, it's, it's a solitude position of that. This desire to be in a situation where you can be yourself, uh, you know, applies to everyone, but for leaders in particular. Okay. And the, You know, nowadays, nowadays, this is coming out. Uh, I can give you an example of this. I am a member of this organization called YPO, Young President Organization. It's a community that was founded about 70 years ago in the U.S., and it's now the largest community of CEO and leaders worldwide. 35,000 people in 140 countries. Now, they've done a survey. They've asked, what is number one reason for your membership? Okay, we're talking about a community of CEOs. What is the number one reason for your membership? And the answer has been, I will explain to you what it is.
0: It really points to what you were saying about loneliness as well. And, and what I have been really feeling as you've been speaking so profoundly is that if, if we really distill this down to a patterns level insight, it feels like the difference between leading from fear and leading from love. And when I think about the, the four fears that you mentioned, And really facing those and getting into this space of radical positivity, humanity, and clarity. There's, there's a relaxation in a lot of that too, in, in fully being in our humanness, our clarity of purpose, relaxing into trusting that things will work out when we align and when we connect authentically. And so I can see how organizations that are are being led from these these aspects of radical positivity, humanity, and clarity, there's there's almost a a relaxing into the ability to be authentic and the ability to stay connected to our intuition as you were saying. like I, I was really feeling, wow, there's something about that when when we're connected and attuned to that more intuitive intelligence that's that's maybe always available. But if we're in a fear state, we sort of block access to it. And I think about the one of the other fears that you mentioned of uncertainty and how we are at such a time when leaders are, as you said, expected to do these impossible things to navigate complexity and uncertainty, to have the answers, to be able to unlock the full potential of their team. It's like, what does that even mean? Like these, these are impossible scenarios for any one leader to, to hold. And yet if we can kind of let that go, trust the intuition to guide us, trust ourselves to really see the authenticity or the potential in other people, the solutions that come from that open receptivity, as opposed to the solutions or ideas that come from that contracted fear state of how I think we're running many of our org- organizations today, it, it feels so different in my body. Right? So I, I'm also reminded of what you said in the beginning of the conversation of this is something you really learn to smell and taste and, and feel the difference in your body, even energetically. And so as you've been speaking I've just really noticed that in these two comparisons and it it doesn't surprise me that this global organization of CEOs are most needing these safe spaces. I know that's a term that's often overused and abused these days of of creating safe space, but a place where they can really beat themselves, take the mask off, where it's okay not to have the answer. It's okay to be a whole human and be going through a divorce or having an infant child and trying to lead a company where you've got one team member who's struggling with alcohol or drug abuse it's like the the human nature of what we face we often don't have, have the space inside our organizations to move through that and and it feels and i know you say this in some of your material this this emotions focused approach to teams and really being in the desired feeling state and then letting your behavior or your action come from that. So there's just so much that you're talking about that is a wild paradigm shift from the fear-based organization into this open and receptive clarity of purpose. And I, yeah, I'm just soaking it all in and love how you've articulated what becomes possible in all of that too. I'll just leave the, the floor open for whatever is maybe still percolating in you around either these fears or the emotions focused team building and what you're seeing in that space.
1: Yes. I, I want to tell you one thing, you no, know, because one of the things that normally people say, you no, know, it's, you know, you can be successful without that. You can reach success and that is true. Huh? Uh, well, external. So if you, you can get to or reach external goals if you want, you don't actually need it. Okay. Um, but the reason why you need it is that uh, at a certain point in your life, if you only focus on external, there will be one moment, and the latest will be just before you die, that you regret, that you will have resentments. Okay, so if you know um taking care of your inner, looking your inner, knowing, being conscious, etc. Allows you to avoid that at a certain point in life, whatever your life events are. Number two is do you know what you are missing? If you actually add that. Okay. And I'm gonna give an example. There is a beautiful book that I recommend to you and your audience called The Heart of Business. And it is written by a guy called Hubert Jolie. He's a French guy, but who, about 10 years ago, was called a CEO of an American group, Best Buy, a large consumer electronics. The book talks about this story. Okay. And I recommend it because it has a lot of practical examples. And it has the story of this guy who was called to become the CEO of Best Buy at the time Best Buy was almost bankrupt. So what he did, he, he came in and placed human connection and purpose at the center of the business. What happened is after a few years, the share, the stock price multiplied by 11. It is one of the most taught uh cases taught in business schools, one of the most famous turnaround in business history. Okay. So it's not that it, it is nice. Okay. It is nice. And it also reflects on external science. So we don't forget the outcomes, but the outcomes are a simple consequence. Okay. But they're there. And you know, you may think, oh yes, I can reach success, but the question is, what are you able to reach? What would you be able to reach if you you know looked inside and had a kind of inside out life, etc. etc, etc. I can tell you my example. Look outside, became a successful entrepreneur. Build up a group. Four hundred people, ten offices around the world, etc., etc., etc. Okay, impacted four hundred people. Today, I created a show which is called Out As Humans, that is featured at World Leader Convention. Okay, and the aims at creating that safe space that you talked before for leaders to open up, uh, to, you know, be vulnerable, take take out a mask, et cetera, et cetera. So impact the world. Okay. So the change that happened to me by going in there is impact 400 people. Yes, maybe I could have done, you know, little acquisitions here, there, become more, you know, thousands. Imagine thousands of people impact the world in the other way. That's my experience.
0: Yeah. That's really a, a shift away from chasing goals externally as well and letting it sort of be the byproduct of how we live and who we become, letting it letting it be the consequence, as you say. And I, I think flipping the the sequence feels really critical. It's not you chase this, you get it, and then you become better or more successful or a more holistic person. It's not, if this, then I become that it's flipping that equation or flipping that sequence and saying, no, let me become that first and really get to know my purpose and how I want to show up in this world, how I want to feel and then let everything else sort of be a byproduct of that. And As you said in the beginning, I just imagine the ripple effect of that type of impact as well as we impact our employees or our teammates, and that ripples out to their families and their communities and beyond. And that to me feels much more like an ecosystem or just a system that is built on love, generosity, reciprocity. You talked a lot about mutualism earlier as well. And I can see all of those quote unquote symptoms, if you will, <laughs> of that that sort of way of being becoming possible. And I don't think that those things are possible. These These more purpose-centered organizations like you gave in this example with Best Buy, I don't know that That those types of outcomes are possible in the, in the model that we've been operating in. And so I, I also want to ask the question, you know, because there, there can be so much attachment to our own fears there. It can feel so real in our minds, right? So how do we, how can we let go of the old way of doing things without fear and, and really kind of trust this inside out? approach for anyone who's afraid to to do that and to kind of take that leap or make that shift what would you say to them well i
1: think i think what would i say to them is it's fine you know because uh it's fine that it is like this i mean it's normal that it is like this i mean i think the first way to approach this is it's fine Okay, And the second is, it's fine as a starting point, it's not that, uh, but the direction must be a different direction. Now, that direction must be structured in a way that uh, it is gradual, because, okay, so, you know, we are all different. People are different, but to I'll be honest with you, you know, I've experienced board meetings I've experienced virtual events with unknown people where people share the most intimate fragilities just after half an hour. Mm. Okay. So yes, the key is to target leaders because then from leaders, you have a ripple effect downwards. And so the key is to create safe spaces for leaders to change. Okay, and those spaces should be structured in a way where, you know, it is gradual. Okay, and when it is gradual, then people, little by little, open up. Okay, mm-hmm. sometimes one of the things that I do is to uh, get a speech about vulnerability to boards. Okay, so I go and talk about vulnerability half an hour and half an hour and half an hour, I actually share my deepest fragility. And then I ask them to share this. 99% of people share it, half an hour. Okay, so it's not, you know, your mind, our mind, my mind, your mind, is protective. It is yeah. built to protect yourself. Okay. It is created to protect yourself. So it sends your thought. This is impossible. This is risky. This is fearful. This is I I can't. uh, It is the mind. The mind is like a, you know, like you have an arm, a leg. Okay. You have a mind. You're not your mind. You have a mind. Okay. So your mind sends you thoughts. Okay. Most of those thoughts are protected. And so. So it's normal you have some kind of resistance when you're asking people to, you know, share fragilities. But the reality is that people are just looking forward. They they desire to be in those spaces. So it can happen that they are in that space, but they don't open up. You know what will happen? For sure, for sure, maybe they don't open up, but for sure they will say, I'm sorry, I can't. Mm-hmm. Now, that I'm sorry I can't, which I get sometimes in those kind of events with boards, okay? Values even more than sharing the, the vulnerability, because that's the first step, okay? Yeah. And then what they will see is that they will see other people doing it, and they will see how they feel, and they will see the effects, and they will see all this. And so next time, in the second opportunity, they will do a little bit and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more, you know? But this is how it happens. So providing something that gradually allows them to open up, to be vulnerable, it's a a way. The best way that you can do this and therefore create that safe space that allows graduality is by example. By -hmm. example. You know, the reason why those people share intimate fragilities and end up crying or hugging, you know, it is a, an incredible human experience that I live every time. Okay. It's because I go there and be myself. It yeah. is because I go there and share my fragility. And, and so, you know, somehow this is contagious. Because humanity is contagious wherever you go, you know, wherever Mm -hmm. you go. I had experiences of what you may think the the worst, the most uh, material people on earth, even sitting up there, prime minister, I had experiences. Okay. That, you know, all different people are the same, exactly the same. It works this way. Yeah,
0: we are all human. Definitely. And, I love thinking about fragility or vulnerability as contagious as well and kind of being bold enough to go first and to really model that and be the living invitation to others to discover their own vulnerability. Because it's it sounds like you're really in going first and kind of modeling this behavior, modeling this authenticity, you're making it safe for them to do that, too. And we are creatures of mimicry in a lot of ways, right? We, we mimic behavior that we like. We mimic people that we like. We learn by observing how others do things. It's a very, it, even though we get to move at our own pace, as you were saying, and everyone's going to be a bit different because of our unique intersectionality and the maybe the traumas that we've had or the past that we have, whatever it might be, we all get to move at our own pace. And so I'm hearing you know it, we don't need to steamroll that we don't need to force ourselves to to be more vulnerable than we're ready for or to be to put ourselves in these spaces of vulnerability before we're ready to do that or before we feel safe enough to do that we can curate spaces that elicit that and at the same time what i'm hearing too in what you're saying is it it seems like this modeling is a way to to sort of accelerate the opening up, not in a forced way, but in a very organic way, where maybe, maybe someone is going along at their natural pace, but there's sort of this this moment of of opportunity where they they could do something that would in another space feel uncomfortable or maybe feel out of the norm. So I, I love this idea of being really conscious of not only the spaces that we as leaders curate but making sure that we end up in the spaces that curate us <laughs> too.
1: Yes, that's... Because
0: it goes both ways.
1: <laughs> yes. You know, the world, the press, the media, the computer, this, that, you know, it's always the leader has to, the leader.
0: But yes. the reality
1: is that what is missing, you know, look, as a CEO, okay, myself, yes, You know, you have to give positive feedback, tell people, and this and that. Yes, it's true. But you know what? I would have liked somebody coming here and saying, oh, you've done a great job, you know. The the reality is that when you are number one, there's nobody there to do do this, okay? So that's why the place of the leader is, I say, solitude and loneliness and so on, no? But the reality is it is crucial that they... Uh, you know, do this change because then there is a ripple effect downwards. Okay. And this graduality, again, to try and give, you know, your team. Okay. You sit on a monthly basis and, you know, start talking about uh, you know, myself, uh, my team, uh, my company, you know, all of this and just, you know, update and say, okay, what's in the last month, what is The worst feeling I had. What is the best feeling I had? And then you say, okay, this was caused by this event and this event. Instead of, you know, talking events, talk an emotional update. You know, that's a very Mm. easy way to instigate that change. Because when you start talking emotions, you start getting inside. Okay. And it's easier than sharing your most intimate fragility, but it is maybe e- easier if you sit with other people and say, look, this month, uh, I, you know, felt angry because of this and, you know, I feel a little bit without energies, but feel, feel emotions, emotion, emotional updates. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, good, bad. In some key areas, my work, you know, my team, my company, mm-hmm. uh, set. That's a, a, a practical example of how you can start changing that.
0: Yeah. It, it reminds me I'm part of this group called the old girls club and it's all mostly female. Well, I guess it is all female or identifying as female executives, business owners, founders. And there's a channel in the Slack group that is called, how are you doing really? <laughs> and it's amazing to me that even in an online space even in a virtual space there's been this community there's about 1200 women at this point that the way the the host has kind of curated the people but also the, it's the questions that she asks as well and the different channels that she invites us into and there's so many of us who are either solopreneurs or CEOs and we're facing exactly this this human challenge that you're naming of solitude, loneliness. And so it's amazing to me like we'll we'll turn to this Slack channel, this virtual community to really share how are you doing really? And and it's all emotional based updates and we get to hear the vulnerabilities there and I've learned so much from witnessing others in their vulnerability and I I've really over the years and maybe you've seen this too, I've really adopted this belief that we as we as leaders are more and more becoming space facilitators. It, we kind of have this, I think of it as like a sacred responsibility to ask better questions, whether those questions are human or based in innovation and visioning. And it, it's sort of... Invites everyone to have a seat at the table. And it's, it's kind of this new vision of what a leader even is. And so I, I'm kind of curious to go there next as, as we sort of wrap up is, as you look at the way, not only the way leadership has evolved throughout your journey as a leader and, and now in the ways that you're supporting other leaders, like I, I know you talk a lot about leading, leading for leaders or leaders for leaders. <laughs> in the, and in the example you gave we could really see that. When you look ahead to the future and this this mix of emerging tech and AI potentially increased complexity and uncertainty, what do you see the future role of leaders being and what are some of the most coveted skills that you would hope they have?
1: The more um we somehow decide that the direction is tech, so AI, because this is the direction, the less humanity, apparently, is present, and therefore, the more humanity becomes the change-making skill of leaders. And (laughs) a friend of mine recently asked, uh, it's funny this, a friend recently asked ChatGPT, what will be the type of human intelligences for AI that would be least likely for AI to surpass humans? Okay. Good now, question. The answer <laughs> for, yeah. Yeah. The answer from ChatGPT has been f- five intelligences. So the first one is bodily kinesthetic intelligence. The second one is naturalistic intelligence. The third one is existential intelligence. Hmm. The fourth one is interpersonal intelligence. And the fifth one is intrapersonal intelligence. Okay. So to summarize awareness of your body, awareness of nature, awareness of your values, your identity. So the reason why you exist, why do you exist? Okay. The awareness of the other person, intrapersonal and interpersonal is self awareness. Okay, so so not me, ChatGPT seems to tell me that the skill that they will not get it is awareness, self not only self awareness, awareness in general.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Um so I don't say this. I've been told by ChatGPT that this is where what, what, what the direction that we are going, um, which means inner to me. Okay, so the direction is inner. So anything inner is leadership skill of the future. For me, the leadership skill of the future is awareness. Hmm. And a part of this awareness is self awareness. And so I see in the future, that's the direction where leadership will go so more human skill the development of human skill will be crucial etc cetera, etc cetera, and everything that we talked about why because anything that happens is evolving it is meant to be to bring us a better state of being even AI that you may fear that somehow you know uh, you know anything that comes it is to bring us to a better state as a community globally so everything that happens globally and personally exactly the same thing
0: I believe that too really to my core that it's a journey of constant evolution and I, I love that even AI is telling us that, that really the the magic and the beauty <laughs> of being human is our humanity. It is our, so, our, yes, our sentience. So, so,
1: so AI tells me that the skill I should focus on are those ones. Okay. So, yeah. mm, you know, uh, so that, that, that this is what it is. And.
0: Yeah. And it it's makes really
1: sense. quite cool. It, it, it makes sense to be honest in the sense that, yeah. you know, it is more and more scarce. You know, we say more tech, more tech, more tech, more tech. So less human, less human. So by saying that, the reality is that human becomes the change making skill. Uh, yeah. And so this is how the world will evolve in a more positive way because AI stress human skills. So we will, uh, you know, focus on those human skills and Therefore, you know, when we focus on human skills, uh, the world will be a better place in the future.
0: Yeah, and that the tech really gives us the space to be able to to do a lot of that inner work because I think leaders and really anyone in Western work culture, there's been kind of a scarcity of time and a scarcity of energy if we're operating from burnout or fatigue, and and there hasn't been as much space as there seems to be now to to really look at these things. And we we also have the reflection of these big worldly events that invite us to really reflect on our humanity and how do we want to show up for ourselves and each other and what needs to actually go into that, what needs to go into my ability, cultivating my very ability to show up to hard things or more human-based conversation. And yeah, there's I think there's so much... Really beautiful human based self responsibility that we get to have that isn't a burden, but it's, it's an evolutionary opportunity. And so I've, I, yeah, I've enjoyed this conversation with you so much. And I really share and hold this, this same vision for the future and evolving into a better, a better space for ourselves. And I, I guess want to leave listeners with any opportunities if, if they've really been resonating with, with what you're saying where can they find you how can they learn more and, and be in your presence more
1: well they, it's very easy They can visit my website GerardoSagat.com
0: beautiful, I love yes, I love the simplicity of that <laughs> it's, clarity it's, <laughs> radical it's very, clarity <laughs>
1: it's very easy yes, and uh, <laughs> You know, if I can leave your audience with um, a suggestion coming from the heart, is yeah. there is a path that is is being created for each of us, and it it is a that path. Uh, uh, it is a path that is able to give all the positive and everything that we like. Uh, what we need to do is, unfortunately, we don't have a system of education. We don't have a world that works that takes us and put us on that path, you know, straight away since the beginning. So my, my, the suggestion from my art is to each one out there is to actively go and look for that path. In whatever way you think, coach, uh, you know, whatever is the way that you decide. But take some time to uh, check that whatever direction you are going is your direction. And if it isn't, then move on to find what it what is the direction and move on to that direction.
0: What a beautiful place and invitation to to conclude this conversation of inviting us to sort of lead ourselves home and be on this path. So thank you for bringing us home to that part of this conversation and and for being on the show. It's really been such a joy to traverse these topics with you and to learn from your perspectives. Thank you again, Gerardo, for being on the show.
1: Thank you Nicole for giving voice to my thoughts.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Living Leaders podcast. Together, we're part of a crucial movement, a collective shift towards a just and sustainable future. Remember, every single one of you is a catalyst for change, whether you're at the helm of a corporation, nurturing a community, leading a family, or guiding your personal path. Our journey towards regenerative leadership is more than a concept; it's a call to action. Let's embrace this transformation with unity and purpose. Until next time, lead with vision, lead with love.